Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Creative people, how they do their things, how they roll with the ups and downs of it all. That's what I love to talk about. Today I have a very special guest who's in a very special movie. She's an actress named Ariana Ortiz and the movie is called Nine Days. I first heard about this movie around January of 2020. Ariana and I share some acquaintances and, and sort of connections through the Actors Fund. So I, it was kind of on my radar. And then it went to Sundance in 2020 and was a big hit there. And I was like, oh, I want to do something about this movie. I want to interview her. And then COVID hit. And so uh, I was interested to talk to her not only about the movie, but about this idea of having this big breakthrough and then a year of, you know, uncertainty and, and how you roll with that. So... It was a really fun conversation, and the movie is really, really thought-provoking and moving and powerful, and she's great in it. So it opens, uh, I think, this week in L.A. and New York, and then goes wider. So just just check it out. Nine Days is the movie. But before we get to the interview, I want to get a plug-in for my LifeCast business. We're back rolling with that. It's where I interview people about their lives, like a podcast, as sort of a legacy thing. So if you have a parent that's getting up there and you want to get their story down in a really fun way that's kind of low stress, nobody has to be on camera, and um, I just bring their story out of them and try to capture what's special about them in a way that you can cherish forever. So that's getalifecast.com. And the other thing we do is we do occasions. So I just did a birthday party for somebody where I went to their party and I interviewed all the guests about them and I kind of asked certain questions that would create these little audio collages and it's a great way to kind of capture all the love at a party in a way that you'll cherish forever. So if that sounds cool to you, go to getalifecast.com. We're also doing our virtual game night still at youdon'tknowmylife.com and the, the box game is on Amazon, so check it out. Go to Amazon and get You Don't Know My Life. All right, that's enough plugs. Here is Ariana Ortiz. All right, joining me now via Zoom, it's Ariana Ortiz from the movie Nine Days. Hi, Ariana. It's so good to see you. Hi. Yes, I can see you. They can't see us seeing you, but I can see you. I love it. Um, I have, we have a common friend, uh, Christine Aller, and because of that world, this movie was on my radar and you were on my radar. And so when it came around, I was like, I really want to see this and hopefully make this happen. So uh, this is you. a dream come true for me is my point. Um, oh, that means the world to me. The movie's um, a dream come true for me. So I'm always happy to talk about it. It's such a special film to me, but I think also in general, like if I weren't in the film, I would be telling everybody about this film. It's very unique. How do you describe it to somebody that hasn't seen it? <laughs> it's a little tricky because you don't want to give it away. You want, you want right. them to have their own experience of it. Right. I mean, I, I think in, in its most basic sense, one could say that it is a bit of a sci-fi drama that's set in a pre-life realm um, centering around a man named Will who um, used to be alive, he used to live on earth. And now he lives in this sort of in-between worlds place and he has a job and his job is to um, document and record the life experiences of these people on earth that he watches through these television sets and that we find out later he's the one who assigned them to their lives on earth and something happens to one of those people um, on earth and he has to interview candidates for their the replacement 
And I play Maria, who is one of the souls, the brand new souls that is vying for the opportunity to live life on earth. Hey, I did it. I described the film. I'm so impressed with myself right now. (laughs) We did it beautifully. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like they're in this weird, surreal reality show to go to this other place. Like it it kind of reminded me of some of those things where who's going to make it and who's not. What's yes. interesting is you have to create a character where there's not a character. Like, correct. Talk to me about Maria and and how you worked with something. It's not like we know where she's from, or we don't know anything yeah. except for something, an essence, I guess, of a person. So how do you? Yeah, no, it's a like very that? it's a very unique experience because as actors, normally we get you know scripts, and you if there's not a backstory, sometimes you build a backstory. You find, you find a way to really, you know, that's, that's the job. Bring this, breathe life into this character, bring this person to life. And Maria and all the souls are very unique in that way because they are literally brand new souls that are, you know, minutes, days old. And, um, but Will, played by Winston Duke, he says something in, in the in the course of the story about these souls that like, if you have this opportunity, if you get the opportunity to go and live on earth, you're, you're still going to be you. You're still going to, so we sort of, it's almost like when you think about if you have children, I don't know if you have children, I don't have children, but I have nieces and nephews. How children sort of, their personalities kind of emerge and they sort of come out as almost these whole beings and you get to know them as they grow. Sure, there are things that, you can shape and develop in them, but like a, a, a baby that's born that grows into a toddler, I can naturally have a sense of humor or naturally be difficult. Or yeah, uh, and and I think that that that's where we all sort of started. And when I first met with Edson after reading the script and auditioning, um, and he wanted to meet with me, those were the kinds of questions that. I had like how how developed is she and we consistently discussed amongst all of us when we were in rehearsals that you know these are blank slates and then parts of their um, personalities really start to emerge over the course of the nine days Um, so for me I had to connect with essentially her youth I was once a young girl who wanted to do really good on my schoolwork and developed crushes and right. <laughs> I, you know so I could connect to that youthfulness that that wonder that sense of discovery from feeling water for the first time to feeling feelings you never felt before or even understand um, and get overwhelmed by so in that way she wasn't difficult to connect with because all of us have been children and we remember what it's like to be, I hope we remember what it's like to be underdeveloped. Yeah. You know? For sure. And when you mentioned that thing about a child, I do think that's true. There's, we talk about nature versus nurture, but I think there's something in people that's just them. It's just them. Yes. I think so too. And I think that's what these people represent. It's funny because this movie takes on big themes. It does it in a really beautiful, artful way, but you kind of have to go with it. You're like, I'm going to go with this. Like I yeah. watched it with a friend and he, he went with it not as far as I did. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, you have to surrender. And I think that's probably what it was like making it. Like, I just have to go with this, right? Yeah. Is there a feeling of, of that? Like, I'm going to be all in on this stuff. These big themes well, and these big ideas. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I first read the script, um, but I remember being so affected by the script for whatever reason, I immediately invested in what was happening in the story. And it's very interesting now, even after we had a premiere at Sundance and as people are starting to see the film, not everybody's going to connect with it, but I find that those who do, which thankfully seems to be the majority of the people who see it, they, they do really strongly connect with it. And I, I don't, I don't mean this to sound bad, but I almost feel a little bad for people who don't because it's, it's so unique and it takes its time. It really takes its time yeah. to then reach in and grab you by the heart. Yeah. And I think in order to be affected by the film, you have to want to allow yourself to be affected by it, if that makes any sense. Right. And it's almost working in this meta way, which is the characters in the film are being assessed by Will for their open-heartedness, their cynicism. Are they tough enough for the world or whatever? But also the way the movies plays on people deals with those same things. Like it's it's very interesting. It's one of those movies that you want to have a big meal with your friends to talk about afterwards. There's just so much there there to chew on, but you have to go with it. And um, what was it like you premiere at Sundance, you know, it's very exciting. And then COVID hits. And so there's this long lull before it goes out to the world, during which time maybe it comes to mean something differently. But what was it like to have that big, exciting moment and then shut down and then I don't know what? Well, Sundance was really overwhelming. I mean, in a positive way, because it was all of our, even Winston, it was our first time seeing the film. So we're having our experience. And of course, as you're, as an actor, you're watching yourself. So you have that element, which is right, really like, weird. Oh boy, that blouse. Then, okay. Like, all right, yeah. Then to, yeah, exactly. And then to like watch it and be myself so affected by it, because I got to tell you, if there was one thing about the script that I wasn't sure about, and I'm not going to give it away, was the way that the film ends. I was I like, agree. I don't know how they're going to pull this off. I don't know what to expect. And I remember I was, I was done uh, shooting my scenes at that point. I was back in Los Angeles and I kept in touch with like someone on the crew while they were shooting the end of the film. And I was like, how is it? How is it going? What's happening? It is really, it could either go, it could go either way. It's so unique and unusual. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. And to, to watch Winston and Sassy at Sundance and experience, I was so overcome uh, by their performances and how affecting they were. Like that in and of itself was really, really powerful to me. Right. Plus we're doing all this press. It's it's amazing. It's exciting. Um, it's it's exciting. Stuff. It's very glamorous in a way and creative. And then and then COVID hits. And I don't know, like there there's definitely there was definitely heartbreak. Because here we had this really special I mean we had grown men coming up to Winston in tears. Right. Seeing themselves in Will. And people being affected. And to, to know that this was, everything was just screeching to a halt. That was tough. That yeah. was tough. And, and for me personally, the film is, I mean, I've been a working actor for over 20 years, but I've never done anything like this. Um, so there was a personal level of needing to kind of go, oh, 
oh, the year that I thought that I was going to have in terms of the right. film and people seeing it and reacting to it or building on it personally, creatively, professionally. Right. This is a break, a potential breakthrough moment. All of that gone. Yeah. So it took a couple of weeks because I sort of knew right away. I remember my manager and I talking um, briefly and he was like, oh, this, you know, things are going to get back to normal. And I was like, I think it's going to be a while. I just knew it was going to be right. a long time. And uh, it took me about a couple of weeks to kind of mourn the year yeah. that I thought that I was going to have. Right. And then, then I was okay. Then there was a part of me that was almost, a, I hate to say it, a tiny bit grateful that I had to step, I was forced to step off the roller coaster because I think a lot of artists experience this when you have like a, a big success and creatively, this is a big success. It weirdly challenges your sense of self. You start to wrestle with things like, I mean, you always wrestle with, am I going to work again? <laughs> is there anything yes. ever going to live up to this? Like, you know, I did a job. I think as soon as I got back from Utah, um, shooting, I think one of my first auditions was like this one line stereotypical Lat Latin character. And I said to my agent, I was like, I, I can't, I need a moment. I can't go <laughs> back to that. I can't. Right. Yeah. And then, and then after a while, especially with COVID and everything, you're really like, Oh, I got to keep my insurance. I got to pay the rent. Right. I just need to work. Yeah. And so you go from having this incredible artistic experience, honestly, to just back to the grind, to just back trying to... And, and the experience from the outside, it seemed like everything you dreamed something could be in terms of like... Exactly. It, oh, Nine Days is absolutely everything I've ever wanted to do as an actor. Right. And from the absolutely. outside, it feels like that. I mean, sometimes you yeah. hear things where it was a nightmare to shoot or it was hard or yeah. whatever. This doesn't have that vibe at all. And you're like, oh man, it really is as good as I've always dreamed it would be. But yeah. now I'm back to the grind. And now you're back to the grind. And, and, and honestly, now in hindsight, I can say that the process, like, yes, COVID the 2020 was a very, very difficult year um, in so many ways for myself and for many other people. And in a lot of ways, I'm also really grateful for the time that I had to just stop and reflect and get regrounded in myself. Um, ultimately, I was able to get to a place where I had a breakthrough on some writing that I had been working on that I had put on hold for a long time because I had been stuck right. and I managed to have an artistic breakthrough there and immediately like fueled other work. And now I'm, I'm, I'm auditioning for sure. And I'm, I've worked, um, but I'm writing a lot. And so I've actually been able to reconnect with myself as an artist by having the time to just like sort of sit in it, just sit in it, you know, that I, Okay, yeah. you have the grind, so you're back to the grind. But what fulfills you artistically? Yeah, you know, and continuing to to discover and uncover layers of my own artistry has been really um, wonderful. I've been really grateful for that. Well, one of the themes that jumped out at me is that a couple of the characters in the piece are artists when they are on, yeah. on Earth, but they struggle. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of like. It's sort of saying that art is something that makes life worth living, but but they don't have it easy, you know. So and the, but the ending resonates with that theme of like yes. of somebody doing their art in such a beautiful way. And I think 
as a working actor, and I relate to this as well, the grind of like yeah. hanging in, right? Yeah. What have you learned about how to manage the ups and downs of a creative life in the business? That's a really good question. And I, I think one, we all have to, it doesn't go away, by the way. No, I, I have people I say to me, oh, I- important skill. I think Absolutely. it's more important than auditioning or I, I think it's more important than doing the thing. For, happy, for being able to survive the up and downs, the, the persistence, it's, I think it's a vital, vital skill. And I, I've had people say to me, oh, I wish I had the career that you had. Listen, those challenges don't go away no matter. <laughs> You're right. constantly questioning yourself. For me, um, I've been, I think I'm really lucky that or blessed about how much I actually really, uh, I love acting. I had an, a, a callback just the other day for a film that I'll be honest, I was having a little difficulty connecting with parts of the script. And so I was really nervous for the callback because I did not feel as prepared as I thought that I should be the standard that I would hold myself to. And the reason right. I wasn't as prepared is because I was having difficulty connecting with the script. Right. And as I was about to go into the callback, I said to myself, listen, okay, you're having difficulty connecting with the script. You don't feel like you're, you're at your best or the most prepared, but you know what you do? You, you love acting. You love being a performer. You love the work, the actual artistic work of love being an artist. Thing. So just be in the moment and remember that you're doing what you love. And I ended up having a great callback. The filmmakers were so collaborative, just being in the present and being honest with myself about where I was. And I, you know, I don't know if I'll get that role, but it was, um, a re I ended up like it made my whole day. I felt so much better after that right. audition. And, um, I also, uh, just this past week lost a really big gig. I was, I was up for a really big gig. I thought it was mine and I didn't get it. And I decided to be really just honest with myself and the people in my life that I was really bummed that I didn't get it. Yeah. It was good money and a good place. And it was a fun character right. and poof, it went away. And I think it was helpful for me to just go, okay, that's how I was feeling. And by the next day I was fine because the truth is, is there will be another opportunity. And, yeah. you know, people always say, oh, something better is coming along. I don't do that. I, I let myself feel what I'm feeling. Yeah. And then usually I get really tired really quick of feeling like crap. I'm just, yeah. it's just not my, it's not my jam. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll share something with you. I, I created a party game with a friend of mine called You Don't Know My Life. Oh. And we have a production company and we signed a deal and we we're shopping it. So we're in the middle of that process and we've gotten some yeah. no's, but we still have more to go. Yeah. But if it doesn't go, there's a story I could tell myself about my life. Mm. But I don't feel like telling that story. And I certainly don't yeah. feel like hearing that story. Because yeah. there was a time when everything mattered, everything meant so much in the story. I don't know if you relate to that idea, but it sounds like, yeah, I feel crappy for a day. And then I just don't feel, I don't feel like feeling crappy anymore about it. Exactly. I'm just not interested in, in that. I'm interested in having the best life possible. And if I can't believe that there's something else for me, boy, I mean, I know that that's hard for some people. I really do. And get some help. I have a therapist. Yeah. I'm so, I, I got my therapist from the Actors Fund. Yeah. During COVID, because it's really hard to find a therapist. Like you have, to, if you, even if you have health insurance and you're in a good, like it's, you got to find yeah. somebody who takes your insurance in this network 
and they're taking clients and COVID really maxed people out. I called the Actors Fund um, based on a recommendation from a colleague of mine and thank God for the Actors Fund. I got paired with the most amazing therapist and I'm so grateful for her. <laughs> I'm so, I cause love, you know, I, yeah. I talked to her just after losing this gig and also like getting some kind of awkward notes from um, another writer about, about one of my projects that were just like getting under my skin and just, you know, to have like a safe space to be able to process, whether that's a partner, friends, a therapist, but don't burden, don't overburden your, your, the people in your life, take care of yourself as best as you can. And I know it's not always easy, but there, there's usually a way. Yeah, I appreciate that. And the Actors Fund has been, it's the reason I'm connected to you because of, of the Christine and the connection is all from yeah. the Actors Fund. Um, talk to me about your handwriting because uh, your handwriting appears in the movie, right? We see it. <laughs> I actually, was it mine? I did write, I did write the letter, but I don't know if they actually used what I wrote or That's if- interesting. Or I have to go, it's been so long since I've seen the film. I'm going to see it again soon, but I haven't seen it yet uh, since we premiered at Sundance right. around that time. So I, I have to look at it to see, is that my handwriting? I love if not, they, cer- they certainly tried. I know they tried to imitate my handwriting if it is not my actual handwriting. Right. Well, because I know I love handwriting and I love, like when I was a kid, how do I make my ease? I'm going to, I like my ease like this. You know, there's the thing. It's a, it's a way of expressing yourself. And I think as, an, as a character, it's a way of expressing yourself. Um, my handwriting, I think my handwriting is terrible. My sister has the most incredible handwriting. She's right. just like got this beautiful, and I'm always in a rush. I just have like, yeah. I got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> there is a moment in the movie that I'm not going to say what happens, but your character is in the center of a lot of cinematic magic. Yeah. And what does that feel like to be the focal point of a scene where magic is being made around you? It's indescribable. It's indescribable. It's really, um, I will, ch- it's got, I'm going to get an emotional thing about it. <laughs> I will, I will cherish that day for the rest of my life. It's a very special scene. And it'll, no one can take it away from you and it will always exist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. And, um, our cinematographer, I was talking about this earlier, um, our cinematographer, we were getting like, he was get, trying to get in close to get, to get some shots um, during the scene. And, you know, you've got, you've got the camera and you've got, you've got, you've got all this stuff happening. And I just remember being so relieved, like after we, we'd done this take and he put the camera down, he's like, that was pretty magical. <laughs> like, we got it. It was great. Was it a challenge logistically? Did it take a long time? It took a, it was a very, very long day. It was, um, I don't know, like a fifth from start from like call time to wrap was something like 15 or 17 hours, some, somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly. Um, Cause we were, we were, sh- you know, shooting all the physical aspects of it and yeah. then the emotional aspects of the scene as well. It was a yeah. lot. It was a big day. The exteriors were shot in this crazy, beautiful, deserted place. Were you part of that set? Where was that? This that was in the, the, that was in the Salt Lakes, um, uh, out in rural Utah. It's stunning. It's so stunning. I was not um, physically on that set, which of course I was a little bummed about because it just looks so spectacular. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. The salt, the salt flats, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we shot though, some of the interiors, um, not the ones in the house, but in, in like this, the cinematic scene you're talking about, that was actually shot 
in a different location that was on the salt lake. Nice. Sort of, it's a little hard to describe this, this sort of strange location. It was very, it was trippy. That's pretty trippy. As a writer, I was inspired by it because the filmmaker, you could, you could do big things in a small way if you use your imagination and it doesn't have to cost a zillion dollars. Like it was like, oh, this is a very smart, and just not just creatively expressive, but like as a business move, as a filmmaker, I'm like, oh, this is, you can make a big splash if you really have an imagination and you execute beautifully. It doesn't have to cost a zillion dollars. Were you inspired, because I know you produce and write, were you inspired yeah. by the enterprise of it and, and what you can do with imagination? I mean, absolutely. I was, I'm absolutely inspired by the creativity. Um, and I, I, I hope everybody can, you know, who's seen the film, who really connects with it, might explore some of the behind the scenes stuff because uh, it ended up with the televisions. It ended up being sort of a, a, a big technical thing. And I remember, wa- like, I remember watching Tony shoot some scenes and you have like all you have all the monitors on the set, but you have all the monitors off the set controlling right. every single monitor on the set. Yeah, um, Will, so the character of was, Will watches all of these old vintage TVs yes. that have lives of souls on them. So it's, yeah. it's kind of a set piece that you see over and over and over again. So it's yes. deceptively lo-fi. I mean, the film is very grounded in, the, right. in, in, in that way, but it's deceptively lo-fi because there's actually a lot happening technically behind right. the scenes to make all of that work. And I'm a geek for that stuff, for production and right. post-production and the post-production sound, the post-production sound design is incredible. And I'm, I hope people get to see it in theaters if they feel safe, because yeah. I don't think you need to see it in the theaters, but if you see it in the theaters, you get this Dolby sound and, and the you score. yourself are then, um, oh my God, and you're immersed in the world. The score is incredible. The, the score is something truly, truly special. How did the film come to you? Did you just audition through the normal channels? I got an audition. I was very busy auditioning in this particular season and, I, and the script um, came to me. I remember I was, I was auditioning for like, a, you know, like a couple of, CBS like network shows right. that would have paid me a lot more money and all I wanted to do was this project this script just blew me away and so I made a tape um, and sent it off and I was busy so I went about my business but then as soon as I was sort of done with this flurry of auditions I couldn't stop thinking about it I started like kind of um, stalking Edson online and like watching all of his short films and in fact, I went to his website. I don't know if he still has it and maybe he's changed it, but I went to Edson's website. Edson is the writer director. The, the writer director, excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Um, the brilliant writer director. Um, he had a short that was a proof of concept for one of my scenes. And so I was immediately a puddle. It was amazing. And I was just like, well, I got to do this movie. <laughs> you know? right. But of course, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not Ceci or Winston. I don't have control over these things. For me, it was like, I'm auditioning for a job. And, um, and then I got word that Edson wanted to meet me. And so we Skyped and had a great conversation and talked about the character and the script. And I got to ask some questions. And he asked me to make another tape um, for, I think, one of the scenes. And it was about two weeks after that I got a call. I got the call that they wanted me to, to play the part, which was well. Fantastic. Where were you when you got the call? Were you just beyond thrilled? I was. I was. I was uh, out having like a drink with a friend, or maybe it was my husband. I don't remember because I. Oh, it was a friend. It was my friend Dina, and uh, yeah, I, I 
I pretty much plots. My agent was very, my agent was very funny because he was like, Hey, isn't there like a, this movie you were interested in in Utah that you wanted to, it's like, guess why? What's happening? What's happening? (laughs) That's amazing. Did Edson ever tell you what it was about you or did he ever, did he ever say what it was that clicked? He was so kind. Um, He was blown away by my tape. I love it. He told me. What a great feeling that is. What when somebody goes, yeah, I get it. I see what you're doing. Um, in your normal TV work, you do a lot of shows and things like that, but you play a lot of business people, serious people. I, I play a lot of smart, uh, smart women, which I, you know, hooray. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy about that, but I, I do get sort of limited in. This is a um, much softer character. So was it nice to do something, something yeah. different like that? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I'm grateful for every opportunity, every job. Um, but to, I would say that I don't, I hope this doesn't sound incredibly egotistical. I would say that, I just, I would say that most of the time I am not as a performer being allowed or afforded the opportunities to tap into what I'm truly capable of. I think Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And that's part of why nine days is so special because I think it's, certainly um, in film and television. I, I have on stage. Stage, I've been able to play all sorts of types of roles. Uh, ironically, in commercials, I've, I've been able to play all sorts of... I did like a depression medicine commercial once that was like one of the most challenging jobs I've ever done. It was you amazing. You went there. <laughs> oh my God. I had people like contact me and be like, I saw you in this commercial. Are you okay? And, and I did a PSA once for the American Heart Association it was amazing because I played two characters and I played opposite myself and right. was exhausted afterwards because I shot all day, you know, and uh, that was really, really sad. So weirdly, I've had like very satisfying experiences shooting commercials. Uh, but otherwise, Nine Days was really, I think, the first opportunity for me to really even show a portion of what I can do. So I'm really grateful. I love that. What have some of the reactions been like from people that have seen it? I know at Sundance you got to inter- interact face-to-face with people. What, what's it been like? You know, it's been really wonderful. Um, one woman in particular stands out to me because I'm, I'm a part of a theater company here in Los Angeles. And I'd gone to Sundance and, you know, had this amazing experience. And this is, you know, I got back and COVID really hit like a few weeks later. So I went to like a company meeting. We just have like a monthly meeting and uh, I'm just sitting in the meeting and there's this woman across the room and she's staring at me and she's kind of freaking out (laughs) a little bit. I had no idea who she was. I'd never met her before, even though I'd been in the company for a while, the meeting ends and she comes up to me and she's like, can I, I need to talk to you. (laughs) She's like, I was at Sundance and I, I saw the film and oh my God, and can I hug you? Like she was so affected by the, and I was like, oh my God, yes, of course. Like, yes, who are you? Let's let's get to know each other. And she's a lovely woman and she was a new company member and she just happened to be at Sundance and see the film and, and saw me and she was flipping out. And so just a lot of reactions like that. People, there's certainly people who, you know, like your friend maybe don't connect with it, but overwhelmingly, I think that's the kind of reactions we've been getting. Right, and I think, you may feel that in reference to the themes of the film, but also from people at your theater company or whatever, oh, one of ours had this beautiful moment. Like it, it's inspiring yeah. to 
I, I, she didn't somebody, know I was in the company. She was very surprised that I was in. Right. That's why she was flipping out. She's like, you're in my theater company. Right. I, I think sometimes I've interviewed a lot of movie stars and stuff. And sometimes they seem rare. Like they just don't even look like normal people. And so you, <laughs> so I think it's inspiring to people that are hustlers and that have been doing it and hanging in. And, and it's, you're, you having this wonderful moment and do, and yeah. And, and the journey woman actor. Yes, it's exciting. It's it's very inspiring, and I I hope that lands. No, totally, totally. I mean, I'm always I'm always because I think also because I'm a character actor, I I'm always watching the all the actors. I'm watching the supporting actors. I'm watching the day players. I'm I see the artistry that goes into every role, no matter the size and I'll often see something and it's, it may not be the leads that I'm talking about. Sometimes obviously it is, but sometimes I'm, I'm so moved by the work of a smaller character. And I think that's just because that's, you know, I've been the supporting character um, so much and they're so vital and so important. And these are great actors who walk through this life without acclaim and live every day without affirmation until they get a job. And then that's very short lived. It's not an easy life. So I, I, I'm rooting for others and I'm grateful for anybody who's rooting for me. I love that. Did you get a lot of free stuff at Sundance? Were you like, I'm going to take, I'll take this. Yes, I did. (laughs) I did. Like the scars guard is like, you know, looking like slick and cool and, you know, doesn't need anything. And I'm like, I got pizza hut socks. (laughs) That might be the title of this podcast. I always pull a quote that I feel like represents. They had Pizza Hut socks. That's amazing. They had a pe- they had a Pizza Hut like suite where yeah. I can't remember I can't remember exactly what the what the publication was, but we did like a photo shoot in there, and there were there was Benny was eating, Benedict Wong was like eating pizza, and I'm getting Pizza Hut socks. Uh, but yeah, no, there was it was it was lovely. I got the most amazing slippers at yes. Sundance. They're like the most incredible slippers. And yeah. I love them. You know? I love it too. Well, it's interesting. The <laughs> cast is so good and so different, but you guys don't have big scenes as a group. You're, you're kind of yeah. like the theme of the movie. You're sort of pitted against each other in a way. Did you get to hang out much? You know, I, I know others did. I know like Tony and David would go hiking and I, right. I, Zazie, um, I don't think Benny went horseback riding, but I know Zazie and David went horseback riding I was pretty much on my own. One, I was kind of busy because I was still auditioning for nice. for work. My agent was very unhappy that I was gone for so long. Um, so I was still auditioning for work. Um, and I don't know, I'm kind of a, an introvert. So I, I tend, to, I'm friendly for sure. Right. And I had, you know, hung out and had dinner with casts. And um, uh, I certainly one of the producers, Gus, who's become a friend. Um, but a lot of the time I was just walking around Salt Lake city and keeping to myself and yeah. doing my work, you know, Winston and I got very close cause Winston and I, you know, had sort of emotionally intimate scenes. Yeah. Um, Boy, he's a knockout in the movie. He's amazing. He's, he's just a powerful, powerful artist. And even watching him over the last year transform for his next round of black Panther, he's just yeah. so incredibly committed and, yeah, I think I don't. I really hope he gets the acclaim and Sassy and Benny and everybody the acclaim that they deserve. I think they're all amazing. Yeah, there's one line that jumped out at me when when Winston's character says, "Earth is a shithole," 
And I couldn't mm. help but think of Trump saying shithole countries. Like that's the word I associate shithole yeah. with. I don't yeah. know. That, do you have any idea if that was intentional or had you thought of that or? Um, you mean in relation to Trump? And Yeah. Um, in other words, I don't, I don't think that was intentional in relation yeah. to Trump. Not, I don't think yeah. so. I think that was very much written from Will's character's point of view and yeah. his personal experience on earth. I mean, he's so shut down as a character yeah. um, as part of his story. Right on. Yeah. Um, I have one more question for you, but I want to, I want to make sure we get all of the information about the film. It opens in LA and New York on the 31st and then it, the it 30th, the 30th of July. Yeah. And then it goes wider from there. Right. And on August 6th, the following August week. Yeah. 6th. I love it. People should go and see nine days. Is there anything else you want to promote? Are you active on social media or any of those things? Oh, sure. I mean, people can find me. I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm just my name on Twitter, Ariana Ortiz. And on Instagram, it's like Ms. Ariana Ortiz, MS Ariana there you Ortiz. Go. I'm not um, verified. I don't worry about that stuff, but you know, maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> I love I'm it. Just well, being me. I'm so glad we did this. I loved what we got to talk about. Congrats on the movie. Thanks. What, what, do you for you, what is it? What is the takeaway for you of the nine days experience? Like how did it, what did it mean to you in your life? And then, and sort of look going forward. Well, that's a really good question. Creatively. It's all my dreams come true. It's everything yeah. I've ever wanted in terms of like the quality of the work, the quality of my collaborators, the quality of the role. It's everything I've ever wanted to do. Obviously I, I hope to continue to do more. It's been, as I said, sort of a transformative time for me to be connecting with my own work again. And I'm, I'm much more confident um, as a writer now. And so that's kind of exciting. I'm, I'm hoping to, and I'm working on very different, like I, I wrote a thriller and now I'm working on sort of a, um, I mean, essentially it's a comedy. It's sort of an action comedy, but they're weirdly sort of opposite sides of the same coin, sort of set in the same world. I write a lot about Texas, which is where I'm from. I love it. Um, so right now I'm really enjoying exploring that. I, I love auditioning and I just, keep diving into characters as, as much as I can, but I hope to just continue to grow as an artist. And I'm so grateful for this experience and these people. I really, honestly, I hope I just hope to see them all again at some point yeah. in person. Um, but the whole experience from shooting it, reading it, meeting at and auditioning, shooting it, going to Sundance and then having the world ripped out from underneath our feet it's, it's been transformative. I feel like a more fully developed artist now. And so I'm excited to see what's possible. I love it. Well, I can't wait to see what that is and congrats again. And I love talking with you. I hope. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. I'm sure we will at some point. Awesome. Bye Ariana. Bye. Thanks again to Ariana Ortiz for doing the interview. Check out her movie, Nine Days. I promise you will be glad you watched it. All right, so this happened. I had a really magical night last week. The Arrow Theater in Santa Monica through the American Cinematheque has been doing a special comedy series of screenings. And so they showed What's Up, Doc? from, I believe, 1973 with Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill, screwball comedy, directed by Peter Bogdanovich and... Peter Bogdanovich did a Q&A afterwards and I everyone was in masks it was a packed house sold out 
Um, I can't believe how miraculous that movie is, watching it. Just the, the comedy of it, the timing of it, the editing of the... It just felt like a miracle to me, what I was watching on screen. How well it aged, how well it holds up. I can't believe how beautiful Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill were. I just wanted to lick them both. Her skin, and then he's in his boxers and his shirt off and the tie. And he's so handsome, but he's also believable as this sort of rock nerd. And rock meaning, you know, stones, uh, geology, um, as opposed to rock and roll. And then afterwards, he did a Q&A and told so many amazing stories. For I'll just rattle off the ones that I remember. Um, there's a scene early on where Barbara Streisand is walking into the hotel, following a, a pizza guy, and she's sort of oblivious to everything else. And a car screeches so it doesn't hit her, and then another car hits that car. Well, apparently on the day of shooting, they didn't have any stunt cars, so Bogdanovich told his producer to go to Hertz and rent a couple of cars and make sure you check the insurance box. So they they wrecked some rental cars uh, to shoot it. Um, he also talked about how Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand were having an affair at the time, and uh, that's why Ryan Barbara Bar, the movie was sort of created for Barbara. That was the driving force, and then she wanted Ryan. And uh, I didn't know that that they were an item. But then apparently they broke up during the shooting of it, which couldn't have been that fun. Um, the screenplay is so clever and so ingenious. The screwball comedy of it, the farce. You're watching it going, it, it makes it look so easy that you think, why aren't there a lot of movies like this? But I think it's really hard. And Bogdanovich talked about how he developed the story and he had a pair of writers work on it. And then he realized it just needed another pass. It needed fresh eyes. So they hired Buck Henry to, to work on the script. And Buck Henry early on told him, it, it needs another bag. Because it's all about these these sort of bags getting switched and mixed up. And they already had three bags, and Buck Henry was hired and said, we need a fourth bag. But then a few months into writing, he calls Bogdanovich in a panic and says, I've lost one of the bags while he was writing it. So um, it was not easy to figure out the comings and goings, but it all came together so well. And it, it just... He had a sort of wistfulness... And I had seen him speak at a Q&A before, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, and he was a little more of a brat, a little brasher, a little more, uh, you know, dishy. Um, and this time he was just full of pride and kind of wistful, and he still wants, has movies he's trying to make, and, and it really made me appreciate, like, the physicality of making a movie. It's like these people that just believe that if we get all of this equipment together and all of these people and all of these elements, we can make something magical. If we just kind of force it, make it happen, go to Hertz, whatever we have to do. Like, there's no CGI happening or anything like that. It's just this people, everyone doing this leap of faith together, I guess. I don't know. I guess that's what all movies are. But to me, it just struck me as... There's no IP, there's no, uh, it's not a sequel to something that's already been a success, there's no CGI, it's just, we think there's something here and we're going to do it, and he told stories about John Wayne and John Ford, and John Wayne was somebody that I wrote about for Imagine Life, and I actually came to love a lot of the parts of him, um, you know, I didn't agree with his politics and a lot of that stuff, but there was something about the man that moves me, and that came across when 
Bogdanovich was talking about him and John Ford and their kind of dysfunctional thing and I don't know it was just like old school movie making man where they were just out doing it in the in the you know plains of the desert or whatever I don't know it was just it was a wonderful wonderful evening and so uh, coming up is supposed to be at tickets for Clueless with Alicia Silverstone and Amy Heckerling doing a Q&A so hopefully we'll see what happens with the mask mandates and stuff I don't mind wearing a mask in a theater, anywhere indoors, you know, I make peace with it. Uh, so hopefully those events will still happen. And Outfest is coming up. I just saw the schedule for that. So anyway, movies are wonderful. That's the point. And uh, check out nine nine days when you get a chance, whether it's in the theater or wherever you watch it, uh, because it's one of those movies that that you'll want to think and talk about after it's over. All right, that's enough for this week. Thank you for listening. Catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.